This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, you're pretty excited American Gladiators is coming back. I am, I am. I feel like they keep trying to bring it back every, you know, five years or something like that, but eventually it's got to stick. Okay, so there's the brains behind uh, WWE and MGM are, are, are pitching this around to different networks. Uh, and what they want to do is instead of just having these American gladiators, which were just, I don't even know where they found these people, models and gym rats. They want former or current WWE stars love it to be uh, competing against your average Joes or whatever. So and they want to bring back the the the, the classic ones, swing shot, powerball, pyramid. I love pyramid. Which and one was pyramid? Pyramid's the big foam pyramid where you, two people run up each side, and then the you know it's a king of the hill essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the gladiators start on the hill, and the uh, the the contestants try to get up the hill. And which was powerball? Which is the one where they shot like the air cannon, like tennis balls? That's at each powerball. Other? That's powerball. I believe so. Yeah, and you got to run the football into the end or whatever it is. Yes, um, that's the great. That's a one. fun one. Yeah. I mean, w- there's so many shows kind of like that now. You like wipe out. Like we love seeing people get hurt. Um, I I do like the gladiators having personalities though. Whether it's WWE stars or whoever, you build up the gladiators, and you want to, you know, you ha- you can have your favorite gladiator. Mm-hmm. You want to see them win, or you you have a, a heel gladiator that you want to see lose. Yeah, yeah, they'll always get a mix of both. I love the heels. I love I love the crowd. Uh, what was angry. the end called? Because they always have to run the obstacle course. Was that the gauntlet? The gauntlet. The gauntlet yeah. at the end of the show. Yeah, but how good would it be if it was like speaking of Ric Flair? <laughs> if Ric Flair gave her a shot, he might be out of the demo. Uh, oh he might be a little too old, but you know, <laughs> it would be amazing to see already established people. In the contest. Uh, even if they were guest commentators or something, have some of the real old guys on to just kind of make appearances. Yeah, yeah. If they're not gladiatoring. Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's. I, I, I don't get why it's not. Like, Netflix should be all over this. Yeah, they've got Floor is Lava on Netflix. Like, this sounds better than Floor is Lava. Yeah, all of those shows that exist should be mini-games inside American Gladiators. There's not enough going on to make a full show in my mind, but they've somehow done it. So if they can just, uh, you know, shoehorn these mini-games in, I think it'd be awesome. James Bond, so hot right now. Everyone's talking about Bond with the new movie, No Time to Die, coming out October the 8th, just over a week from now. I love this story that uh, is circulating right now about Daniel Craig and Dave Batista. Hmm. You know, Batista, the wrestler, sure, Guardians Drax. of the Galaxy, Drax, yeah. He was in the movie uh, Spectre, and the story was posted that Daniel Craig broke Dave Batista's nose while they were filming a fight scene. And when it happened, Daniel Craig says that he stopped and he ran away because he thought Batista was going to come after him. <laughs> I would do the same. Oh my God, man. But uh, Batista has given his version of events on his Twitter page. He has a laughing emoji, says, uh, Daniel Craig did not run. He started screaming, F, I broke his nose, and he did. And then he hugged me, he apologized, we laughed, I changed clothes, clothes, I shoved TP up my nose, and we continued to make one of the best fight scenes ever. Very proud of it. I love me some Daniel Craig. Hmm. Heart emoji. This is it for, for DC. 
He's done. He, he said after the last one that he wasn't going to play James Bond again, but then they backed a, a, a dump truck full of money up to his house, and he said, okay. And he said, I, oh, I love this character so much. One more time. Yeah. Uh, but now the debate is, is raging who should replace him, who should be the next James Bond. The hmm. producers of the franchise say the search will begin in the new year. I've already heard some names thrown out, just amongst fans, obviously. Tom Hardy. Robert Pattinson are the two that I see the most. Pattinson's Batman now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he won't be Sean Connery, or something. He won't be. He won't be James Bond for another twenty years. He needs to get a little older. You know what I mean? Probably. But well, you mentioned Sean Connery, and Sean Connery wasn't a big name when he became James Bond. He was like more of a, like a model actor back then, hmm. a slashy. I think he won a couple slashies a couple back slashies. in the day. But yeah. I wouldn't mind if they went with someone a little lesser known so you could lose yourself in that character, right? Daniel Craig was kind of lesser known. He was in Layer Cake, and that was the only other movie I yeah. saw him in. But James Bond was also not as big of a character. The books were obviously popular, but they could have taken a risk with a lesser known guy. And they, and they might be like pressured to put a big name in there now. What do you mean James Bond wasn't as popular? You think when Daniel Craig took over, it wasn't no, as popular? No, when, when talking about Sean Connery, the yeah, first yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a solidified movie, you know, powerhouse yet. So they were like, oh yeah, let's just get this guy. But now it's like, there's a lot of money on the line. What about Roy Kent from, uh, uh, from Ted Lasso? The guy who plays <laughs> Roy Kent. Yeah, he's not bad. He's, he's funny. Is, somebody mentioned him online. Uh, yeah, he's got an accent. Uh, sure. Does he have to be British? Does he have to be white? Does he have to be a man? I, there was a headline a couple weeks ago, and depending what news outlet you, you went to, the headline was different. It was like, Daniel Craig says James Bond should not be a woman. Or the headline was, Daniel Craig says the James Bond franchise needs more... Women's strong roles for women in it. Uh, He's saying his point was, "Hey, why do you have to make James Bond a woman? Why don't you just make a woman who's as good as James Bond, who can be in the movies?" Yeah, I don't care if he's black or white, but his name is James Bond. He wears a tux. It's like you know, I know anybody can wear a tux these days, but it's been a man this long. He's a man in the books. He's a man. That's the character. If you change the character's gender, you change the character too much, then it. Is it still that character? No, I mean, you could always do the cop-out. It's Jane Bond, James Bond's do- uh, daughter, or something or like that. Or sister. Sure. But, I mean, it, this is a lot of people patting themselves on the back when they go, it should be a woman. Be like, no, there's make a new one. I think it should be Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> the thickest James Bond of all time. The tuxedo material budget on that film would be through the roof. The, the neck would be four feet wide. <laughs> Eminem is opening a restaurant in the D in Detroit. <laughs> it's true. And it's it's based on one of the I'd say this is one of his most well-known lyrics from Lose Yourself 8 Mile. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on Yes, Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Forget about the vomit part of the the lyric there. Yeah, yeah. And come down, enjoy some of Mom's spaghetti. (laughs) Uh, There's a phone number that goes with this story. Let's give it a call and see what happens here. 
Thank you for calling Mom's Spaghetti. Located at 2131 Woodward Avenue in beautiful downtown Detroit. Spaghetti. Meatballs. Mm. Spaghetti with meatballs. Mm. Or no meatballs. And the Spaghetti Sandwich. Mm. Mom's Spaghetti. It's all ready. Order in the alley between Union Assembly and the Fillmore. Then head in to find a seat next to the bodega. Or head upstairs to scope out the trailer. The store for stands that you will only find above. Mom's Spaghetti. It's all ready. Mom's in the trailer. Grand opening at 5 p.m. on September 29th. So this is a real thing? <laughs> I can't tell. It sounds like it. I don't know. The question is, is this a permanent fixture or is it one of those pop-up stores? Yeah. Because the, go see the trailer upstairs. They're selling M&M merchandise, it sounds like. Uh, is this just something to to move T-shirts, or are they permanently going to be sp- uh, selling spaghetti in the alley next to the Fillmore? It's a it's a hot spot. So when people come back, you know that they're it's like a you know it's like the next level of a food truck. You know, simple yeah. food, but like brings people out. I uh, we can't go tomorrow. This is when apparently Mom's Spaghetti's opening up. But next time I'm in Detroit, I would consider going to Mom's Spaghetti. To get a spaghetti sandwich. A have spaghetti you, sandwich. Have you ever had a spaghetti sandwich? I don't know what that entails, actually. I don't think I have. What does it mean? I'm assuming it's two pieces of bread with spaghetti in That's between it. it. It didn't sound like there's a lot of options. It was that, meatballs, or that spaghetti between two pieces of bread, I guess. You're carbo-loading when you're having a spaghetti sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I like my spaghetti sandwich on a bagel. With a croissant and a couple of crackers in there, too. You well, know, just to get... <laughs> la dee da you're going to have to go to New York for that one. That's Ja Rule's sketty stand. Oh, man. We, uh, we're going to post the details here in case you, you can get down to Detroit to enjoy some of Eminem's mom's spaghetti. Eminem opening a uh, spaghetti restaurant downtown Detroit called Mom's Spaghetti. This is for real. <laughs> it opens up tomorrow. Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and Yeah, you get spaghetti, spaghetti and meatballs, spaghetti sandwiches. There's M&M merchandise for sale at the trailer upstairs if you want to go check that out. Don't know if this is a permanent fixture or if it's just a pop-up uh, restaurant, but it sounds like fun, huh? I like it. Stick to what you're good at. There's no ravioli. There's no chicken parm. It's spaghetti. Spaghetti. Do it right. We asked you guys if if your favorite band was to open a restaurant based on one of their song titles or lyrics, what would it be called? And we put that on Facebook. Some good suggestions coming in here, Jim. Couple here. The B-52s, Rock Lobster Seafood Shack. I like it. Yeah. Rock Lobster. <laughs> I'll have the lobster. Don McLean's American Pie Dessert Bar. Mm. Uh, and uh, UB40's Red Red Wine Bar. That's a good one. They could all go together. I don't know about this. Uh, Limp Biscuit. This is from a text message. Not sure who sent it in, but Limp Biscuit. You could just sell biscuits and call the place Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, hot dog flavored water to wash it down. Well, this is the suggestion. If you let me finish reading oh. the uh, the text message, <laughs> Jim, so I, I can give bis- this person credit. Limp Biscuit would be a good uh, restaurant name. But also, the suggestion from this listener is the chocolate starfish. 
And if you remember the album, Chocolate Starfish, you would also serve hot dog flavored water with the chocolate starfish. So this would be like a, a chocolate uh, store. Yeah, and I think I'll pass. I lost my appetite on that one. <laughs> Foo Fighters. There goes my hero sandwich. <laughs> That'd be a nice little sandwich shop. Yeah, yeah. And another suggestion, if your favorite band was going to open a restaurant, what should they call it? Aerosmith could open a bakery called You Ain't Seen Nothing Till You're Down on a Muffin. <laughs> there are some questionable lyrics in this song if you listen carefully. Best muffins in town. Aerosmith, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing till you're down on a muffin. Just around the corner from Eminem's Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> when do the mosquitoes go away, man? I was at the park with the kids last night, and, and I was getting bitten big time. Got a couple bites right on my forehead, Jim. Really? Dang, on the forehead? Yeah. Are you getting bit by mosquitoes in your backyard? No. No, I don't recall. They're still out there. If you're having issues with mosquitoes, I do have a recommendation, though, if you want to keep them away. Have you tried using uh, Skrillex? Hmm? Skrillex, is, it's this great new product that you spray on your arms. Skrillex. <laughs> Not the DJ? Oh, no, it is the DJ. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay. Some scientists have figured out that they can make certain mosquitoes eat and mate less by playing the... Skrillex song, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. So this song right here is a real turnoff for mosquitoes, which surprises me because it sounds, in my mind, like what would be playing at a mosquito, like drugged out mosquito orgy. Oh, totally. You yeah, know, yeah, day like three. a movie. <laughs> day three, nobody's had any sleep. Just yeah. flesh, mosquito flesh everywhere. Yeah, maybe some mosquito leather as well. A lot of leather. Wings flapping. <laughs> I mean, it kind of sounds like two robot mosquitoes making love. Yeah, like a maiden call or something. But no, it does the opposite. This song encourages mosquitoes to mate less. And to eat less, meaning there's less mosquitoes around. So mm. if you've got some speakers in the backyard, Skrillex is the way to go. Then you got to listen to Skrillex. <laughs> That's the trade-off. <laughs> That's the trade-off right there. You probably also will not get laid. How did the scientists figure this out? Like, huh. did they just start playing? Like, oh, we're going to start with A. Let's let's try Ace of Base. See if that makes the mosquitoes <laughs> mate less, and then we'll move on. They got all the way to S before they they're like, <laughs> okay, Skrillex, it is. This will do. Huh? <laughs> Couple days until October gets underway, and something to look forward to in October. Regular season in the NBA starts October nineteenth. Raptors' first game October the twentieth. Uh, preseason underway right now, and this is pretty funny, man. <laughs> David Letterman, he's retired now. I guess he's just wandering around messing with people without the cameras rolling. Yeah, <laughs> keep growing that beard. He he walked into a Brooklyn Nets press conference yesterday and started messing with Kevin Durant for no apparent reason. Uh, I don't know if Durant knew 
David Letterman who he was, but he uh, he seemed mildly annoyed with the questions. <laughs> Dave uh, from uh, Basketball Digest, uh, KD. Why why do people call you KD? Um, my first name is Kevin. Uh huh. Right. My last name is Durant with a D. Uh, this year, how, what percentage do you plan on giving on the court? 90, 95, 100, 110? What are we looking at? Uh, 110. 110. Uh, I just got off the phone with the Dolan family, and they said that they're talking to the commissioner now. They're looking at working a contractual deal that will allow you, uh, when you're not playing for the Nets, days off, you'll be able to play for the Knicks. Comments? All right, Dave, that was the last one. Co I'm sorry, was that a comment? <laughs> that was it. That what about the Pelicans? When you guys play the Pelicans, does it kind of make you giggle? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, that's all I got. Good job, Dave. You let anybody in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Letterman. I wonder if he Messing did. with KD. I wonder if he did recognize him. It's hard to tell. Why do they call you KD? <laughs> yeah, he has to give an explanation. It's so true. I always forget the Pelicans are a real team. Yeah, not very intimidating. The Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, that's not from a movie. That's <laughs> it's a real NBA team. I want to see you peacock, it's time for sports. Devin Peacock from Global News Radio joins us. Dev, we're going to talk baseball here. Let's start with the uh, the very rare occurrence that took place this week. Yeah, uh, a pretty cool moment where Bradley Zimmer of the uh, Cleveland baseball team hit a home run off of Kyle Zimmer from the Kansas City Royals. Bradley Zimmer is the younger brother, so Kyle Zimmer is his older brother, so he hit a home run off his big brother in a major league game, and it is only the fourth time this has ever happened in history, which is pretty cool. So the last time it happened was 1976 when Joe Necro homered off of Phil Necro. Before that, you have to go back to 1933 when Rick Farrell, homered off of Wes Farrell. And before that, you have to go back to 1904 when George Stovall homered off of Jesse Stovall. So a pretty cool uh, uh, case of uh, a brother hitting a home run off a brother on Monday. What a time to be alive, huh, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it probably happened a lot more back in the day because, like, the team bus could only make so many stops, so there'd be, like, a lot of brothers playing in the league. <laughs> But that's awesome. I mean, like, how many times would you be in your backyard playing wiffle ball with your brother in that exact same moment, pretending you're in the major leagues, and then you actually do it yeah. in real life? So I cool. I was kind of surprised that uh, Bradley Zimmer, I mean, you could see a smile as he was crossing, going around the bases. I was almost surprised, like, he wasn't kind of, like, staring at his brother and smiling at him more. Like, because if, if, if I'm homering off my big brother in a major league baseball game, I'm like staring him in the face. I'm kind of like giving him the gears more than he did. Well, you mess with the big brother, you're going to get noogies <laughs> and wedgies after, you know, like uh, you got to be careful. Scandinavia, they're, um, they're trendsetters over there. So I mean, this may catch on in North America, but apparently the latest thing is in Scandinavia, young people are using nicotine pouches that are meant to be placed inside the upper lip. Oh, yeah, I know those things. Yeah, you, you stuff them up in your upper lip, and then the nicotine is absorbed into your bloodstream through your gums. Oh, God. 
You see where this is going? Yep. Uh, they are lodging nicotine pouches in their rear ends and their foreskins. What? To catch a buzz. Health experts are warning it can cause skin damage and lead to addiction. And the last thing you want is your penis to be addicted to nicotine. Oh, yeah. It looks ridiculous with the smoke hanging out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it looks a lot cooler, actually. looks a lot more like Joe Camel when you do that. (laughs) That is crazy because I know... Grew some sideburns, started smoking. (laughs) (laughs) This penis is on the wrong side of the tracks here. (laughs) We're in a leather... Uh, yeah, you know it's because I remember like hearing about people doing shots up there. You know, like yeah, butt alcohol, chugging, and it always butt makes chugging. you overdose. Like it, it hits your bloodstream so fast. So I could imagine like if you put a nicotine pouch up there, it'd be like smoking like a, an entire pack of cigarettes in two minutes. Uh huh. So you'd be falling over probably. You'd be so lightheaded. I don't know. Don't let your parents catch you doing this, or it'll make you put the whole pack up there at once to teach you a lesson. <laughs> I won't leave this bedroom until that whole tin is where the sun don't shine. <laughs> uh, Danish health expert Charlotte Romer says she had a patient who claims they got drunk and forgot to take their nicotine pouch out. Oh, wow. The next morning, he woke up, and his his junk was red and very swollen, and it hurt quite a bit. It was the first and last time he tried it. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next time he's in a pinch. We all know that ha- this happens. Yeah. Well, that could be slang for, for doing this. Oh, <laughs> In a pinch. Yeah, can I borrow a pinch? (laughs) So it may seem like a good idea. I don't know why it would, but if it does, uh, doctors are saying, do not give it a try. I want to see you peacock. Taking a look at sports with our sports guy from Global News Radio joining the Taz and Jim program. It's Devin Peacock. Dev, I know you're a big Leaf fan. Jim, you're a Leaf fan too. Uh, How do you guys feel about the Habs beating the Leafs 5-2 last night? I'm fine with it. <laughs> preseason. And I think they already beat the Habs once earlier in this preseason, so I'm not hitting the panic button. Yeah, the Leafs won on Saturday night, so the fact they lost uh, on Monday night, if I'm a Leafs fan, I'm not getting overly worried about it. In fact, if I'm a Leafs fan, I'm kind of liking that some of their new additions scored. I mean, there's a lot to like for both teams here. you got... The new guys scored for whatever that means. I mean, it's a preseason game. There are a lot of guys in the lineup for Toronto last night that are not going to be in the lineup on opening night. Just the way on Monday, on Saturday night, there were a lot of guys in the lineup for the Habs who won't be playing on opening night. But if you're looking for some positives here, I mean, the Leafs and new additions both scored. And for the Habs, Christian Dvorak, their big addition in the offseason, had like a four-point night. He had a pretty good night for them. So, it's preseason. You can't put too much uh, stock into any of the results. I would just look at the individuals and how they're performing on the ice and if they're kind of getting their groove as we look ahead to October the 12th. Dev, why are you prefacing things by saying if I was a Leaf fan? You are a Leaf fan. You're like a crazy Leaf fan. That's true. Well, it <laughs> you're seems yourself into a listener's shoe, and if they are a Leaf fan. Well, right? I, I think he's covering his butt. So if this is a sign of things to come, you can say, hey, I'm not a Leaf fan. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. 
I am not going to cut and run. I, I am not a bandwagon. <laughs> I don't just leave the team because they had a, a terrible end to the playoffs. I am a Leafs fan. And you know what? I'll make a prediction. No, I won't make a prediction. I know I got in <laughs> yeah, no, that. No. Yeah, we did that last You don't year. need to jinx them before the season even starts, buddy. <laughs> Let's just end it there. Thanks, man. We don't like using the word hate. Mama Taz always said to me, she'd say, um, hate's a strong word. You can dislike things, but very rarely will you hate things. But there is definitely one thing we hate around these parts, Jim, and what is that? Consistently, scammers. Hate them. We hate scammers. And we like uh, doing whatever we can to inform you, the Taz and Jim listener, about the scams that are going around. And Toronto police are warning that uh, someone lost $60,000 in a remote desktop scam. Hmm. Have you heard about this? Where they take control of your computer? Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll call you and they'll give like a reason saying, okay, you've got some security issues or uh, software problems on your computer. Uh, you could get something that pops up on your screen that says, hey, you need to click this button. You've been hacked. We can fix the problem. And then they actually hack you, a uh, little tricker, tricker Rooney there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that funny, man. Imagine $60,000 someone was taken for. How sick so, would you feel if that happened to you? Yeah, that's all of my money, more than it. <laughs> that's everything <laughs> I have. But so they, they must have got onto their online banking and then, and then. Yeah. Manipulated it from there, I guess. If uh, if someone calls you or contacts you and says you need to download an app called AnyDesk, don't do it. Because you're going to be uh, asked to log into your bank account, hmm. scammer withdraws money from the victim's account, and it's gone. And they're, and how do you find these guys? You know, a lot of the time they're not in this country, so like the local police can't do anything. It's brutal. Uh, you know how you, you save your password? It'll always ask you, do you want to save your password? Yeah, yeah, in the top corner or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. it'll pop up, hey, save your password to this computer. So if you let them in, they can see all your passwords as well. So not only did you lose $60,000, but guess what? You're locked out of your own Netflix account. Oh, no. Just to make it that much worse. How are you going to chill and get over it? <laughs> So Toronto police warning that this is happening quite a bit. They're getting calls about these desktop takeovers. Don't fall for it. Jim, back in the 90s when you were a young kid, uh, you were into the Pokemons, right? Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed Pokemon. Are you surprised how this phenomenon is ongoing? Like People are going crazy for anything Pokemon still. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, but I mean, the the Pokemon Go thing I thought was brilliant and really did bring it back. So it's still, I think, feeding off that. But um, I hear trading cards in general are going crazy. Like, So I'm not surprised po uh, Pokemon is, is doing well. Rare Pokemon Oreo cookies are selling for thousands of dollars on eBay. Mm -hmm. Oreo teamed up with Pokemon. They've put out... Uh, Pokemon themed Oreo cookies and on each cookie there's a different Pokemon character some of them more rare than the others uh, if you get Pikachu or if you get uh, Mew is Mew a big deal yeah yeah I think he was like uh, <laughs> like one of the, the 
the final ones you could collect, the hardest one to find? Yeah. Well, if you get a Mew, uh, you could get up to, oh, come on. Somebody has one listed for $100,000 on eBay. <laughs> USD. Mint condition, though, claims the cookie was only handled with tongs. <laughs> So there's no bacteria. Like on this it. is an actual this is an actual Oreo cookie. Yeah, yeah. You know they usually say Oreo on the front of them. Instead, there's a picture of this Pokemon character, and that's it. That's that's what you're buying. Boy, uh, some of the sold Pokemon uh, cookies uh, have gone for as low as ten, fifteen dollars, up to fifteen thousand. Somebody mm. paid for one of these things. I I got to give Oreo credit. I mean, you know how much pressure Smart. you can put on your parents at the grocery store when you're a kid, you know? I can only imagine. Well, this is, this is why I bring it up, because my son, he's four or five, and he's starting to ask questions about Pokemon. Last week was a PA day, and we went for a walk downtown, ended up going into this card and collectible shop. And I got to give credit to the guy working behind the counter. He's, he's like, oh, how old is he? I'm like, well, he's going to be five. And he's like, does he like Pokemon? I'm like... Yeah, he, he kind of likes Pokemon. He's like, well, I got some stuff for him here. And he's like, get here, take this pack of cards. Here, I got uh, I got a poster he can have. I'm like, oh, you're just giving this stuff to him? He's like, yeah. Um, and then I felt obligated. So I'm like, okay, I go, well, give me another pack. I'll take a couple packs of Pokemon cards. Uh, he likes Pikachu. Is there, is there any with Pikachu? And the guy says, yeah, these, these packs will definitely have a Pikachu in them. You should get these ones. I'm like, perfect. He's like, they're $15 each. I said, we'll take one pack. <laughs> Could you put the other pack back? We're, we'll take one. Thank you for the posters. $15 a- for a pack of like five cards. Yeah, like I'm picturing like the, yeah, the little sealed package. Boy, the first taste is always free, huh? Exactly. Get them hooked while they're young. They yeah. got quite the racket going here. Yeah. Those Pokemon dealers. Oh, here, here's a poster. Here's a couple cards. <laughs> now, Next thing you know. $15,000 for an Oreo cookie. <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.